Hello, friends. Welcome to the Online Pastor Podcast, a place for you to discover faith and explore what it means to follow Jesus, experience God, and navigate life as a person of faith. My name is Amanda, and I am your host and Bible mentor, and I am excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome back to season two of The Online Pastor. It has been a journey and a bit to get here, to get back to doing this, to have the energy, lots of life changes, um, and also a lot of rethinking things. And specifically as it comes into our spiritual formation and journey, I've been doing a lot of thinking in the last year and a half around discipleship and spiritual formation and what impact the pandemic has had on discipleship. And really the question underneath that for me has been, what did the pandemic show us about the state of discipleship and spiritual formation in the church? And I think that the biggest question that I've I've kind of come away with, and I don't really know how else to put it, is how do we make resilient disciples? And to me, it kind of feels like a bit of an oxymoron to talk about resilient disciples in the same way that a couple years ago, we were talking about missional disciples. And you kind of have to say like, aren't all disciples, if, it's do- if, if you're doing discipleship well, if you're doing spiritual formation well, wouldn't people naturally be missional, quote unquote? Wouldn't they want to naturally share the love of Jesus with people? And it just wasn't happening. And that was a big trend probably five to 10, eh, 10 years ago, maybe a bit more. But the pandemic for me has kind of made me ask that question again, is like, what is it about the pandemic that revealed that maybe a lot of our faith was on shaky ground, or it didn't kind of have the strength or the foundation. And I mean, I think the word resiliency has really kind of come to the surface. And so I want to say, I've been thinking about what does it make to, what does it mean to make resilient disciples, which again, it, I would hope that if you're doing good discipleship, good spiritual formation in your communities, that we would have been making resilient disciples whose faith could kind of stand the tests of of life and and things being thrown at ourselves unexpectedly and I'm not sure that we have demonstrated resilient faith I'm just asking myself like what did I miss in the development of discipleship and that's a question that truthfully although the last two years have elevated to the surface I want to I want to get into a story that probably about three or four years ago, I heard at something called the Global Leadership Summit. And it was a story of a young researcher he was presenting. And he basically specialized in like sports um, statistics. And he would travel around the world researching why certain countries and specifically certain sports clubs produce the highest amount of athletes in a specific sport. So I think they're like he'd done a research around a specific golf club in Korea that had produced the highest amount of either medalists or like top touring golf athletes. And he had ended up highlighting a club in Kingston, Jamaica, just outside Kingston, Jamaica, that had produced some of the top medalists 
in the in the Olympic in Olympic history. And he wanted to understand what exactly this coach and this club was doing that was producing so many quality long distance runners. So in his words, he like took a plane there. Um, he wanted to, you know, meet the coach, get a sense of the what the uh, training facility was like, the routines. So he said, you know, I flew in, I think he stayed overnight and he's like, early the next morning, I got a cab, gave the address to the driver and we arrived at this very dark and dusty field. I think it was like 5am or something. And he said to the driver, like, I think you have the wrong place. And he's like, oh, the driver was like, no, uh, this is the, this is the MVP club, maximizing velocity and power track and field club. And so he was like, okay. So he gets out and he kind of stands in this dusty field. And a couple minutes later, this kind of man walks out of the, out of the desk or and kind of dragging a chair. And in his words, this man looked like he had never run a sprint in his life. He basically sets down the chair and has a whistle and a stopwatch. And over the next couple of hours, athletes of varying types like show up and he puts them to work and they run in this field and they pull tires and they, you know, dodge cement blocks and all of these things. And he said, I had this kind of moment or he was stating like I had driven up to this club, producing some of the most elite elite long distance runners in the world, expecting state of the art facilities, you know, and in the end, I end up with a dirt field and a weight room that hasn't been updated since the days of Jay and Fonda. So he interviewed Coach Francis and he said he had a number of different ideas, but about training, but one of them was a strong idea about a training facility. And this is a quote from Coach Francis. Most of the time, he says, I see performance centers wherever else in the world they are. And they are saying the obvious emphasis when you see them is for them to be comfortable. I believe strongly that a performance center must be designed with work in mind and not comfort. I'll repeat that. I believe strongly that a performance center must be designed with work in mind and not comfort. And then the researcher concludes that sometimes comfort becomes more important than improvement. Now, I heard this story, this was in uh, um, in relationship to leadership training, but I immediately saw the potential correlation to discipleship in the church. I began to wonder, this is again three or four years ago, how this idea applied to spiritual formation, spiritual development. And I wondered if perhaps unintentionally in our church's environments we were creating programs and spaces that spoke more to safety comfort um, more to those things than courage and growth and I I just wonder if you know then the last two years happened and I all, all of us not just churches were, were made really uncomfortable and I think um, we have a greater need for courage than ever and I'm not sure that we all found ourselves brave It's just a question. It's not a statement. I'm wondering that even about myself. You know, as the last number of years unfolded, I realized and if these circumstances, the issues that have been emerging in the past number of years, and I would even say pre-COVID, more like I'm going to say theologically or doctrinally, were perhaps the training ground we needed to make disciples. But I'm not so sure how well we leaned into those uh, discomfort spaces and conversations. Because I think if we are going to spiritually grow or improve, if we're going to just use that word, you know, improve 
to become like Christ, then I think we need to to constantly remind ourselves that when we say yes to him, we sign up for all for a life that where although the work is Christ's because it's already been done, we learn to surrender to the scalpel of the spirit in our hearts and in our lives. We have to allow him to work out the being made holy in us. And that is going to be uncomfortable. So I just wonder if in rethinking discipleship or spiritual formation in communities, we have to ask ourselves if the way that we have created spiritual growth, and this is going to include Sunday services, is that oftentimes we maybe have gotten too comfortable and we've created spaces. And I'm going to say this truthfully too, like we know research shows that we tend to be drawn to people who are like us. So therefore we end up in spiritual communities with more homogeneity. And so again, our viewpoints aren't necessarily challenged, right? And I would even say this, like I think even the pulpit has specific areas where people are willing to let themselves be pushed and not. And so I wonder if, you know, one of the questions coming out of this week is to think about your expectations of your church. And if you went home every week feeling uncomfortable or challenged, would you end up walking away from that church? Or is that something you're looking for? I remember years ago, someone told me that they pay me to tell them the things I don't want to hear. And I remember thinking, actually, I said it to this person, they are military. And I was like, I think you might be one of the few people that actually believe that that's my job. I think a lot of people want to hear, have their ears tickled. I think we all want to have our ears tickled. But I think that the last number of years has shown that we need to be people of courage more than ever. And I think we need leaders and pastors who are more courageous But I think we need to prepare ourselves to go into environments where we may not be comfortable. And so I just want to spend the next little while talking about uh, some core spiritual practices, I think, that some of them will be familiar, but I also have been rethinking where are things that I think we just have to put ourselves in in uncomfortable places, or this practice needs to reemerge in our communities in order for us to keep leaning into the anticipation of growth and improvement, because we are, we are comfort creatures. Like we like our comforts. We like setting up our environments. And I think we need to be more aware of our human nature that likes that and how that affects our ability to become like Jesus. So that is going to be the focus of the next series. And I'm super excited to journey there with you. And just to start off, I want to leave you with a couple questions. And we're going to start contemplating a verse that kind of came to me in the last little while where Jesus says, I have told you these things, John 16, 33. I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I've told you these things so that in me, you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, when Jesus talks about, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. I think he is 
letting us know that we are living in the training grounds for spiritual transformation. In this world, you will have trouble. You will be uncomfortable. And I don't think Jesus here is referring to the fatigue and irritation of being human. I think when Jesus is saying this, like, you know, he's 31, two years into his ministry. He knows what it's like to get a splinter. He's been sick. He's probably had pebbles in his shoe. He's gotten scrapes and cuts. And I would imagine that that he does understand the weaknesses of human flesh. But I don't think that's what he's getting here. Other translations have looked at this word uh, in this world, you will have trouble. And they've translated it as tribulation, persecution, anguish, or affliction. And I wonder if perhaps the first question we need to ask ourselves comes back to this kind of comfort question is like, do we have trouble? If Jesus is saying, and he does, so not if, Jesus is saying in this world, you will have trouble. I think it's worth asking ourselves, are we having trouble as a Christ follower? Like, am I entering into some sort of persecution, anguish, or affliction because I follow Jesus? And I live by a different kingdom manifesto. And it's not the type of trouble where it's like I'm human and broken and we just had a pandemic and wah. (laughs) I think here Jesus is getting at this question of, are you coming into my kingdom? Are you bringing my kingdom? And as you live by my kingdom, as a citizen of my kingdom, or as a son or daughter of the most high God who is holy and all loving, and does who you're becoming start to rub up against priorities in the world and values in the world, and even your own fleshly tendencies? Because Jesus knows this too. Like, you know, Hebrews 10 talks about how the perfect son of God became more perfect through suffering. Then who are we to expect that our journey of becoming like Jesus could not include some sort of suffering? Peter, in his letter in the New Testament, reiterated this sentiment. Dear friends, don't be bewildered or surprised when you go through the fiery trials ahead. For this is no strange thing, no unusual thing that is going to happen to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God because you bear that name. The expectation of the disciples of Jesus into the apostles was trial and suffering for bearing the name of Jesus. And so I think the first question of this series is how much discomfort are you willing and expecting your life with Jesus? I have to ask myself sometimes if if I am more concerned with my comfort than with my spiritual growth, than with myself becoming more like Jesus. Because the reality is the more I become like him, the more my desires change for his kingdom, the more I will challenge values and priorities of this world, and I will bump up against also the need for Jesus in my human flesh. So let's start off this series by just asking ourselves, that question, 
How much do we like our comfort? And if we're willing to become like Jesus, can we lean into the discomfort for the sake of the good news of our own transformation and how we, how we will become more like Jesus and trust the process that at times will stretch us, will mold us into something more beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Online Pastor Podcast. Please take something away and talk to God about it. But also, don't take my word for it. Grab your Bibles and spend some time with Jesus. Stay current on the next episode by hitting subscribe. And also stay connected by finding us under the handle The Online Pastor. I look forward to being with you again.